up, Internet? You're tuned in to episode 99 of the Potscast. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined, as always, by my very good friend, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello. Hello, Stephen. Welcome to the next generation. Uh, on this very special episode of the Potscast, we are not going to be talking about Nintendo. We are going to be talking about the PlayStation 5, which for us has launched today, and or for me, has launched today. Uh, for you Europeans out there, you're still waiting a couple days. Um, but we both also picked up the Xbox Series X this week, so we've got uh, you know our first impressions. Uh, we've been kicking the tires on the new OSs, checking out some games, and uh, we've got a lot to talk about. We're both very excited to to chew on it, and you know, luckily enough, not too much going on in the world of Nintendo this week. Uh, so you know, we'll be back with some regularly scheduled Nintendo conversation next week, I am sure, for our 100th episode. But this week, it's all about Microsoft and Sony. Uh, so I'm very excited to jump into all that. But before we do, let me just real quick tell you where you can find us. Uh, we are, of course, the Potscast, LootPots.com's weekly Nintendo podcast, where Steve and I get together to talk about all things Nintendo. Uh, but, you know, if you want to get some more content from us, we're out on Twitch, where this week, actually, we had our very first non-Nintendo stream, wouldn't you know, uh, where Steve and I dove into the PS5 on launch day. That was actually earlier today, right before we sat down to record this episode. If you want to go check that out over on twitch.tv slash you can, of course. If you want to catch us for our next stream, come back on Thursday. Uh, we're usually live on Thursday evenings. We were a little bit early today so that we could get it in ahead of the podcast. Uh, but of course, the easiest way to know is to go join our Discord or follow us at Lupots on Twitter. And, you know, we'll uh, update you when we're going live before we go live. And uh, you can maybe give us some input on what you want to see us play next week. So I hope you come join us over there. Go check out the YouTube, all the other places you can get all of our content. But that's enough shilling for now. Uh, let's just dive into the conversation. So... Steve, you had a pretty unique experience getting into having to get your console because, of course, where you are living now is in lockdown. So why don't you why don't you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So when when the pre-orders went live, um, I tried getting one online, but obviously everything had crashed. So I did what you did. I went straight down to a store. I pre-ordered it in a store. I did Xbox All Access and, and I was all set. I was ready to go. Uh, and I was going to go collect it on November 10th and seemingly do everything as, as normal. But then they announced lockdown and we had like a two day window to go into the store ahead of time last week to pay for the console uh, upfront. If you bought it outright, um, you had to pay for it there and then. And then they gave you essentially a raffle ticket that I could go on the day to go pick it up. So I woke up so like, wild. I know it's crazy. It was just, just it's literally, and, and I got there and I handed over my ticket. It was completely dead. There was no queue. I wasn't allowed to go into the store. They had like a table at the front of the store and like the, the doors, like blocking the automatic doors from closing. And I handed him the thing. Uh, and he's like, he just calls out 113. And a guy just comes over with a bag with a console in with my Xbox Series X and just hands it to me. That was it. That was the that's entire like process. That's basically what it was like for me. Uh, today where we were able to go into the store but they had like three people at a time and this GameStop was handling like two GameStops so there was like three people in each line inside at a time and uh, they got up called a number brought my console right out it was like very very quick but yeah similarly kind of like it was like it's like a, a felt like weirdly shady you know <laughs> 
Yeah, and I can imagine the process was even quicker because everyone had already paid for them up front. So it was literally mm. just go, hand it over, there's no money exchange, there was no like setting up credit agreements or any of that stuff for Xbox All Access. It was literally, you've done all that, you're coming and you're picking up your console. So in a way, it was kind of the, the, a better solution, because I think I'd have been in a queue for a lot longer, people just going, oh, well, I'm here, I'll pick up a controller, or I'll pick up a game. Um, but my God, my, my I was so scared that bag was going to snap walking back to my car. <laughs> that console is not light. And the handle, you can, you know when you get a plastic bag and you can sort of see the plastic slowly stretching as you're yeah. like holding? It was doing that. And I was like, I was like there like holding the bottom of the bag so it wouldn't let like, my console would just drop onto the floor as I was walking back. It, so it was really funny. Uh, I, I went to go pick up my PlayStation 5 at the GameStop today. And um, the, they had this one employee who was just being the guy bringing everybody out, you know, their stuff by the number that I called out before. And uh, this dude, every time he came out and saw that there was a new person in the store, he's like, do not use the handle. If you hold this by the handle, it will snap. And the guy in front of line, uh, in line in front of me, who, who was like the first one to get his PlayStation 5, his thing was already snapped because oh my God. this employee had tried to carry it out and learned it the hard way thankfully caught it you know no damage done to this guy's ps5 but uh yeah so right away i just kind of was like cradling it and they couldn't <laughs> yeah, even like get a bag get on your own. they could yeah, they, they, they didn't even have a bag big enough for it wow so it's just like you're carrying this thing you loose you know <laughs> so you you've got both of them like what's how how did the unboxing experience differ? Because I was really, really impressed with Xboxes. You get it back, it opens up like a suitcase revealing something really yeah. precious inside. And, there's and just it's this got monolith. that nice like wrap yeah. around it. It it's was like, like in this like nice wrapping paper, mm-hmm. basically. And this nice wrapping paper, it's like power your dreams with like it just wraps around and you sort of pull it out of the it's not even cardboard, it's like foam. It's like an insert for for like a flight case. You like pull yeah. it out of what the out of this flight case and it's just it's just all there. And then You know what it reminds me of? Um it's like a fancy chocolate almost. Yeah. You know, because it's got like or like a cigar, you know, like you peel you pull this like thing off, it feels very premium, very mm-hmm. special. Um, really, I was really, nice. really impressed by the the quality of the Series Xbox. Uh, I I I really dug it, and I remember thinking that like, wow, like this is a premium feeling experience. And when I opened up the PlayStation Five today, I was like, this is bullshit. <laughs> like this box, this box sucks because of how nice the Series Xbox is. Like I probably wouldn't have thought twice about it if I had just gotten it, you know, because. If it's you'd have done it the other case. way around, you'd have probably just been like, oh, great, can't wait to get to my PS5. Yeah. And you, yeah. But after having the Series X experience first, I was like, wow, Microsoft really like went and put care into this to make this feel special and, and premium. And like you're getting like a, you know, this gift on Christmas morning. And PlayStation is just like, it, it's a box, slide it out. And it's like, it's all, it's, it's this like hard, you know, Oh, the corrugated uh, cardboard molded stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. to hold it in place. Like it's it's totally just, you know, like basic whatever, like the same thing you'd see in any other box. There's no, you know, it's not a special PlayStation blue or anything. Like mm-hmm. it's nothing, you know? And I was like, wow, that's a that's a bummer. That's a real bummer. <laughs> Yeah, I I really, really, really liked the experience. And then underneath it, it's just got that how you set it up. 
and it's all done through the phone now. And you have that box full of stuff at the back for you, for, with your like cables and your new controller. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's the setup process, I think, was seamless enough, but I definitely felt frustrated by it a little bit with both consoles. Really? You know, because I think, yeah, if I'm being honest, because, you know, like this is day one of this thing I've been waiting for, you know, especially like today I took time off work to, to play and be able to have, you know, impressions for the show and everything. And, you know, the fact that both of these consoles take like a minimum of like an hour to open it up, plug it in, set it up, sign in with this app, you know, download whatever games you're going to play, wait for it to download and then, and then finally get in it's 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 annoying, you know, like and and I know that that's just like par for the course at this point, but it really does make me feel like a little bit nostalgic for when you got the N64, you put the cartridge in and you turned it on and then the game was on. You I know? mean, that and was like, my experience when I bought the switch three years ago was right. get it home, slot it in the thing. I, I put Breath done. of the Wild in done. Like with my PlayStation five, I had to log on connect to the internet, set up two-factor uh, authentication, then download uh, firmware, download the update to the store, download the game that I wanted to play because at the GameStop, as I'm going to buy my PlayStation 5, the guy's like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, man. Like uh, Miles Morales didn't come in yet. We'll call you when it comes, though. And I was like, no, cancel it. I'm going to download it. So then I had to download that. So I'm playing Astros, you know, and it's like, it, it it was like a solid at least, you know, hour, maybe a little bit more after I got it home before I was finally able to, you know, really just like get into what I had intended to get into. Yeah. But not but the nice thing is with Astro's Playroom, you're able to play that right away. So I had something to do in that like thirty or so minutes while I was waiting for all of the stuff to download and then get Miles set up and blah blah blah. So my, um, my experience was a little bit different because I come from an Xbox already for the Xbox Series X. Sure. So, so when I signed in, it was like, do you want to copy all your settings? And so I just click yes. And then you select the Xbox because I got two. Yeah, we, we had that's two fair. Xboxes, I had to do all that. And I, I just selected copy from Xbox One and it just did everything else. I didn't have to sign in with anything. It, it just copied it all over. And I'd already backed up all my games onto an external hard drive. So I pulled that I pulled that hard drive out. I plugged it into the Series X and I started copying things over. External hard drives are extremely slow anyway, but it was faster than downloading some of the games. So I was able to play some of them. Like we could boot GTA 5 up straight away. It was no problem because there wasn't an update needed for it. The Outer Worlds, for, though, which was the game I was really excited about playing because I had some issues with it on Xbox One. It was a bit laggy in places and the loading times were ridiculously slow. So I was excited about playing it on Series X. Uh, needed, first of all, a 19 gigabyte update. And then I was just like, I, I, was, I was like, great, it's done. So I went and I went to, to go back into it and then it needed a 43 gigabyte update. So I'm not really not sure what that second update did. Uh, and then I was finally able to play the game. But it definitely took, I would say, three hours on my connection before I was able to play a game I, I actually wanted to play. Uh, and Xbox seems to throttle the speed of downloads while you're playing a game. So it was very much like I either play a yeah. game or I download them because the speed was like down to like 10 megasecond. And I was just like, this is just going to take all, all day. 
Yeah. And like I I uh, I had a problem with my Series X too where I um I don't know if it was that I accidentally did it or or what happened but I ended up on my Wi-Fi extender rather than my main router connection so that was like not getting as good a connection so when I switched that over you know my downloads were going a lot faster and like I will say like the downloads for both of them even on over Wi-Fi um are much improved to to the PlayStation 4 at mm-hmm. least um I can't speak to the Xbox 1 but uh you know it's, what it's what like, download speeds were you were you getting? The the highest and most consistent I got was in the like two hundred to wow. two hundred and fifty range, but I saw it top out at like um like five six hundred. You know, I saw it go to like eight hundred nine hundred for like a few seconds at points, but like the it was mostly kind of average out at around two to three hundred. Okay, see, I was averaging fifty to sixty, and my highest was ninety. Yeah, takes a long time and... to download stuff. Yeah, but even that—that's that's faster than the PlayStation Four was. Oh yeah, Play, uh, PlayStation Four used to like top out like eighteen megabits a second for me most right. of the time. It was ridiculously slow, and I couldn't tell if it was my console, my connection, or my server. But everyone seemed to have the problem, so I'm guessing yeah. it was like server side or console side. So. Everybody's been talking about this issue of, you know, fitting it into your your home center because they're so big. And, you know, I, I talked about how big the PlayStation 5 box was and everything. So, you know, it's definitely they're not small. But uh, what what's your experience been like that with the uh, the Series X so far? It fit in perfectly where my Xbox One S was. It's around about the same footprint horizontally as mm-hmm. the as the One S was, but obviously it's just like two stacked on top of each other, so I had no issue. I'm a bit disappointed. I have to lay it flat because it looks so much better vertically, and I think if the if they did that trick that Sony did on the on the PlayStation Two where you could twist the the PS logo, if they did that with the X where you could just twist mm. it so it looked upright. Yeah. That would go a long way, but then I also think that base needs to twist off because it just looks like it's fallen over, and it's really, really strange, just like fallen over in my entertainment center. Yeah, I do wish that I had a way to have both of them stand up because they clearly look better when they're upright. Um, The PlayStation 5 especially looks really silly um, on its side, and like because it has like the curve, like it's not totally like... Oh, is it a bit wobbly? Yeah, like, I think I'm going to need to affix the base that came with it to it. I didn't put it on because I'm like, well, why bother? I'm not putting it upright. I don't really need the base. Um, but right now, I actually have it sitting upright on my desk behind my monitor from the stream, and it's fine without the base. So, you know, I'll have to futz around with that. I just wanted to get it turned on because I knew I had to download Miles. So I was like, all right. Like, so it, it comes with the base disconnected then? You have to, like, put it on? Yeah, you have to put it on. Okay. Uh, that's annoying. But it's like Xboxes, you take it out, I plug two cables in, I'm done. Yeah. The fact that there's that extra step of I've got to get this base, I've got to screw it in or like decide which orientation I'm going to do it. And then if I, later on I want to change it, I've got to unscrew it and move it. It's really weird. I don't. I think once you put the base on, you probably don't need to take it off. That would be my No, guess. but what I mean is like if I if I had it up vertically or I had it horizontally and then I wanted to shift it to the other orientation, I'd have to take the base off of one side and put it onto the other side. 
either like horizontal or vertical. I don't. I don't think it goes on on the other side. It goes on both sides, so you can either have it. Oh, really? Flat horizontal. It like clips on the back, or you can have it screwed onto the bottom. Oh, that's probably why mine's uneven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I just didn't want to mess with that. I was like, I just want to. I just want to get this going because <laughs> I knew I was gonna have to sit through a bunch of downloads and everything. Uh, but then, like on the Series X, uh, you know how you had to like get the firmware for the controller. Oh yeah. I was like, come on. Like, <laughs> I hate that there's always that stuff, though. But I've updated, uh, I, I've connected up a couple of Xbox One controllers and I've updated those as well. It's really, really nice that I can just use the same controllers in uh, in the new games because I know that's something you can't do with, with PlayStation. Like the PS4 controller isn't compatible with any of the PS5 games. And I'm not really not sure why because you can turn off all the fancy features of the DualSense. Yeah, like I... I know that that's the reason why is that it's like, well, they have all these new features and they want to take advantage of them. And like, you know, we're moving forward. But I don't know. I feel like you should be able to use it. Just, you know, it should be a choice. Like, oh, I've got these controllers. I don't really care if my kid is playing like player two and has a crappier experience. Yeah, well, especially when like it's not like the old PS4 games or what have you are going to support the new features of the DualSense anyway. So, like, especially if you're using it to play old games, I don't see why you shouldn't be able to use your your DualShock 4s. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. Feels feels like a money grab, but, like... Yeah. Like, it is nice. Like, I have an Xbox One controller that, like, I made from the design lab that I uh, I had for my PC specifically. So, like, it's nice that if I want to play, you know, three players of Halo or something like that, like, I, I, have, I have three controllers already. Yeah. And remind me, did your Xbox, did you get it on all access or you you just got it outright in the end? I got it outright because I took advantage of that um, that Game Pass thing where you buy a ton in advance and get it for really cheap. So because of that, um, doing the, you know, the installment plan wasn't actually like going to be saving me that money because I was already paying yeah, yeah. for Game Pass. Uh, so I just, you know, I just took the hit. <laughs> so it was really strange to me because I kind of expected when I went to the store to get an Xbox and, you know, like just a scratch card thing and like redeem the code. But when I booted the console up, it said, this Xbox comes with 24 months of Game Pass. Do you want to redeem it? And you just click the button and it adds it. I have no idea how it knew. Like absolutely no idea. Unless Microsoft had allocated that certain consoles with certain serial numbers are for all access. Huh. That's a good... Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. Or maybe when you buy into All Access, that's they, they put that on your Microsoft account. So the fact that you logged into that Xbox... But when I went to the store, it's all done through the store. It's not done through Microsoft or, or Xbox. All Access isn't done through them. And it specifically said, like, this Xbox comes with it. Which account do you want to redeem it to? Interesting. Okay. That must be it then. Yeah. So I'm I'm guessing they they either had some like allocated or they wrote down serial numbers in the store and said this one's going to have all access. I have no idea how it works, but it was really really interesting to me and I, I fully expected to be putting like a a scratchy code in. Yeah, it's uh that's that's really interesting. I I hadn't thought about that. I wonder if we'll be able to get some confirmation on that in the future. Yeah. Cuz like you have to imagine that there's going to be 
an update on what the all access program is going to be in a couple of years. Like I think we've talked about them potentially adding another like revision in another two to three years and then being I like, think Oh, so. that's, you know, whenever the all access thing is up, there'll be a new thing that you can just trade in your model. And, you know, then it would kind of make sense that they would want to have the, all the all access consoles, you know, have a certain serial number or whatever, so that they can mm-hmm. get them, them back. Keep yeah. Them, yeah. Keep them uh, straight, you know, in the system. Hmm. That's interesting. We should we should do a little digging on that and see if we can find <laughs> find out what's going I'd on. I'd love there. to know. Someone on Twitter messaged me or replied to me when I tweeted out that I had this experience, saying that their console didn't have that and they weren't able to like redeem the they they couldn't find Game Pass. Their console didn't come with it, even though they did Xbox All Access. So whether really? theirs wasn't didn't go through this process or they got one that wasn't like allocated for All Access or something from the store, I don't know. Very, very strange, though. I'd love to know how it works. So um, as far as fitting everything in, yeah, just to wrap on that, uh, mine's all fitting fine. Like, I, I have a, a, a wide entertainment center. So, like, I have my PlayStation 5 on the bottom, and it looks like it's tipped over. And then my <laughs> Xbox is just in the center between my PS4 and my uh, my Switch. So once I'm, I'm going to move my PS4 Pro out of there, like, probably in the next couple days. Uh, so they'll be totally comfortable there. And I might even be able to get them all on one shelf if I do a little bit of, of moving things around. Um, so yeah, no problem for me, which is good. Um, how about uh, volume? You know, I think everybody knows how, you know, the old joke about the yeah. PS4 sounding like a jet engine and even the PS4 Pro uh, can get pretty noisy. And everybody has made such a to-do about how big these consoles are. Um, but the primary reason is for for heat reduction, right? And for being able to reduce some of that noise. So how's that been for you? Absolutely whisper quiet. The only time I've ever heard the console make noise is when I put a disc in the drive. Other than that, this mm. thing does not make any noise at all. I haven't put any discs in these consoles yet. Yeah, they are noisy. I forgot how noisy <laughs> optical drives are, but thankfully it only uses it once to like install the game and then it never touches it again. Yeah. That's funny. But especially in the Xbox is nice because you can just put any game in, you know it's going to work, you know it's going to be in 4K, it's going to have HDR, it's going to look great. Yeah, yeah. I'm I, I, I'm really impressed with the, the visual fidelity of both of these consoles, but I think for me the biggest thing is is just oh my God, how smooth it is. You know, like how I'm seeing these games like locked 60 FPS and, you know, that the load times are non-existent. We were joking about it on the stream. Uh, We were playing Spider-Man and anybody who played Spider-Man 2018 will remember that the fast travel system, whenever you would use it, it would show Spider-Man getting on the subway. There's an option in the options menu to turn on those cutscenes because the load times are so quick that there's not even enough time for it to show you the cutscene before you would just be where you were going to be. Um, it's literally crazy. like a fade in, fade out, like you're watching a movie or something, you know? It's wild. <laughs> it's crazy. And uh, and on the Xbox uh, Series X, I had a similar experience where I had a friend over uh, who wanted to to take a look at it, and um, we we loaded up Halo Four from the Master Chief Collection, and you know how um, like how, how when's the last time you played Halo? Like two years ago when I got my Xbox One. So like you remember how whenever you load into a level, 
you have like the the loadout screen and there's the little loading bar in in, <clears throat> in the corner with the 100% yeah, loadout yeah. the animation of the loading was rushing and like to like keep up and it timed out at like 80% before it just pushed us through you know cuz oh, like uh, there's just not enough time uh so it's insane it's insane to see how quick like lightning quick games load in like that it's it it really makes a huge difference, you know. It's really really like, nice. I just I hope it, it it is consistent, and I hope it stays. Like my fear is like this is the beginning of the generation. Everything loads quick, but as developers get their hands on it, they're just like, oh yeah, but you know, it, it, this game now takes a minute to load in. But look how great it's gonna look, and I just don't want that to be the case ever. I, I just don't want to get back to that. I love the whole six seconds, and I'm in a game. I th- I think you're going to see it um probably like horseshoe where like right now you're going to see every game load that quickly because they're new and they're not really pushing the hardware that quickly or I'm sorry not that quickly um that much and you're going to see <clears throat> in the middle of the generation when I think developers are more ambitious than they are experienced with the hardware you'll probably see load times creep up a little bit, but I don't know that we'll see them get back to what we're, we're used to over the last two generations, just because they're so quick right now. I feel like you'd really be doing a poor job of optimizing to not be able to get quicker load times than that. And maybe they will be like 15 seconds or 30 seconds, but I'd I'd be surprised if we're going to see like red dead redemption two levels of of yeah, like two two and a half minutes and I'm finally playing the game. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know, like, I I think when we get to the point where we're seeing, you know, the, the games that are like later generation kind of experiences, like your God of Wars or, you know, like the Last of Us 2s and all those kinds of things, when people are experienced with this hardware, I I bet at that point we'll see parity with what we're seeing now, even if there is a point where there's a little bit less optimized of an experience as, as they're experimenting. So you've got you've got both of the consoles as as you've said. Where where are you kind of on the UI for both of them? So the Xbox Series X is very much an evolution on the Xbox One. The the interface is identical. The only difference I can see is that there's an animated wallpaper now, whereas previously there wasn't like a, a dynamic background, but there is on the Xbox Series X. Um and PS5 is obviously a totally new from the ground up um, interface, it's, it, it is a departure from PS4. You can definitely see it is a it is an evolution, especially in things like the settings screen, which looks very very similar. Um, but it is from the ground up new. H- how do you kind of feel they they compare? I I'll start here. I I like the PS5's new UI compared to the experience on the PS4. You know, I think the PS4's UI was clunky. Things took way too long to load. Like, you know, even just basic things like getting on the store and navigating it properly were not easy. And in general, like, it made a lot of simple things feel obtuse. I think that the PS5's interface is much, much cleaner. You know, it's there's a lot less uh, going on, and it feels like a good kind of compromise between 
the very, very visual style of the PS4 where there's a lot. It's just, it always felt crowded, you know? It felt like there was just a lot of junk on the screen at all times, and whether that was animation or... Yeah, I don't think I ever used any of the stuff at the bottom. Like, you would hover on a, a game, and it was like, here's some people playing it on Twitch, and here's some latest screenshots from other people that played it. Had all that social shit from random people I didn't know that I never cared about. Yeah, and it it made the entire thing feel cluttered, and it made it feel worse that it took so long to load because it's like I don't even want half this stuff on the screen. And when I want to load something quickly, like my library or my trophies or whatever, it takes you know quite a bit of time, and I'm scrolling and waiting for things to load, and you know, it, and I, you have I haven't had any of those problems on the PS5 so far. You know, where all of those things have been really smooth, and it's been a far more seamless experience. And I, I'm digging that aspect of it. I like that it it's it feels like, uh, like I was saying before we got off on how cluttered it was, uh, that it's a kind of a compromise between that and then like the um, the UMD from the PS3, where it feels a little bit more just like, hey, here's your your few buttons, and it's really easy to keep up with, you know, what you need to do. Yeah. Um, there's some stuff that's gonna take some getting used to, like the the PlayStation button doesn't just take you home anymore like if you just press it once it brings up like a quick menu and the first thing that's on it is you press a to go home so it's like two buttons to do what used to be one which is kind of frustrating it's the same as xbox so you xbox brings up the guide and you can you can navigate through or you can go home but i find i never go home on xboxes because i can from there access any part of the system you can access you can go straight into your games library you can view the previous games that you were playing right there and go jump into anyone and all of that stuff is there whereas i think on playstations if you want to go see a game that's in your library you have to go home then go view all the library well and the thing is with this new like quick menu that i'm describing that's kind of what you have the ability to do um, it, that it's, it's kind of like, uh, when you would hold the PlayStation button at, on the PS4 and it would bring up that little sub menu, it's kind of a new, like very, very minimalistic, like just small, simple, you know, monocolor icons, um, to replace that. And you can kind of, uh, customize it a little bit. You can decide which ones you want or don't want on that quick menu. So if there, there are some that are like music and like, if you never listen to music on your PlayStation, then you can get rid of that one. And then there's like accessibility where like, you know, if you are like a disabled gamer and you need your accessibility options to be, you know, uh, on a short list, like you can have that be like the first or second thing, you know? So you do have the ability to kind of play with that a little bit, which I like. I think that's a good evolution and it makes it a little bit less you know, um, mandatory for you to go back home as often as you would on the PlayStation because there's also, uh, I think, I believe it's called... um, The Switcher, uh, are you talking about? Yeah, the Switcher, that's what it was, yes. Um, And that, like, is... is, is, um, It sounds like it's an answer to Quick Resume, but it's not. Like, it's... It doesn't keep those games live like it does on your Series X, but... uh, you know, you can quickly just jump between whatever, like, the three most recent games you are playing are on the short list. So, again, it's not quite as clean. Like, if you do want to go to your library, you need to go through that process of going to this extra menu. Um, but if you were doing, like, what we were doing today when we were streaming and you wanted to jump through, like, the three games that I have installed on my PS5 right now, that was super easy to do, and, and it worked pretty quickly. And because the load times are so quick, you know, it, it's not... 
Um, it's definitely not as good as the experiences with Quick Resume on the Xbox Series X, but it's not, uh, to me anyway, right now, right? Like one, one to two days in with each of them, it doesn't feel like as much of a gotcha moment as I think it sounds like when you describe it, you know, because mm-hmm. quick resume is objectively better, but I don't think the experience of not having quick resume is that bad on PS five. If that makes sense. Well, because I don't it's... think the experience of not having it on Xbox is that bad because like I said to you on the stream, certain games I found and we can get to it. Don't ha- support quick resume yet. And so you do have to go through that boot process and then load into the game. But because the SSD is so quick anyway, like you're on the menu and you've loaded into your game in like 20 seconds rather than like six seconds that it would be for a quick resume. But who cares? Like it's 20 seconds. It's not that long. The one time I think quick resume really comes in handy is when you're sharing the console with someone else. Because yes, quick resume can only save a state for one person. But if you're both playing different games, so like McCall is playing GTA or Forza and I'm playing the Outer Worlds or Tetris Effect, it will save all of those states. So when Macaulay jumps over to their profile, it's not like, oh, great, Steven's like taking me out of my game again. I need to load it back in. I need to go back into my save and all of that stuff. It's literally open it. You're there in six seconds. And it's like you, you never got booted from your game. So, <clears throat> did you get any extra controllers? No, because I already had three extra Xbox One controllers, so I didn't see the point. But I know you bought the blue one, right? I did buy the blue one, which I really like. Um, and I love the texture of the Xbox Series X controller on the back. Like, the the Dual uh, Sense has a similar kind of texture, but it's not quite as, like... Um, it's more just like of like a a smooth like kind of like matte background, or which I think background. is probably Back like piece. the the old Xbox One S controllers had. It was a little bit textured, but nowhere near as much as the Elite controller one, or the yeah, new the, Series X one. The Series X one is like it has like beads on it almost. Yeah, which I really really like because you know I, I'm definitely someone who has kind of sweaty hands, especially during long gaming sessions. So like having something with a little bit more grip, like really feels nice. Um, But I I really like both of them. I think the weight of both of them is really nice. Like I really, really dig the, uh, the haptic triggers or um, no haptic feedback is, is the overall thing. What are they called for the triggers? Uh, Resistive or reactive or something like that. Yeah, whatever it is. Um, It's really cool. And it, it, it actively makes a difference. And in ways that are small, but it definitely it enhances the experience, you know, like it it, it does give things a, a different texture and a different feel. And like, I don't know, like, I feel like the word immersive is so like it's so overused in in video game dialogue and marketing. Right. That's like, oh, the games are more immersive now. But like, I, I do think that it it gives you a connection to things that are physical and makes them feel more tangible, right? Like when I was playing Astrobot and there's like the first, um, it's like the whatever springs level and you go down a water slide and you can like feel the turns in the slide through the rumble and then the character goes in the water and you feel the splash. And then when they get out and they're walking, like you can feel the water dripping and you know, like those are, they're little details, but they really do serve to give you like a connection to what's going on. And the actions that you're making, you know, like feeling the difference between like 
I'm walking in sand right now, so I'm getting these kind of like heavy, you know, footsteps versus mm-hmm. like now I'm on a dock and they're very light, you know. And I don't this, know, like, th- go ahead. That that to me is the one thing I feel like I'm missing out on. It's the controller. The like, DualSense I, is cool. It is the one thing I wish that that Microsoft would <laughs> rip off. Um, it's more the haptics than the resistive triggers. I don't think the resistive triggers for me, but I, I say this having never t- used a DualSense controller. Uh, I don't think the resistive triggers seem to be the thing that everyone's talking about. It very much seems to be the the haptics and how the game feels and, and the different textures you feel that seems to be the thing that pulls you in. I think they're both cool. Um, I just, I think like with Astro being the game that is really taking advantage of it the most right now, uh, it's all in very gimmicky ways to show off what it can do, yeah. you know? So like, it's hard to judge it and how it's going to matter in like a 50 hour experience, you know, like down the line, but I think it feels promising, you know? And, and I think I can definitely see ways in which its applications can really enhance a moment, you know, like I think about like how, um, how, how like a naughty dog could take advantage of it in like, you know, a moment where you're like holding, you know, say it's like an uncharted, right. And somebody's dangling off a cliff and you're trying to hold them and you're trying to pull and the, the controller's fighting back against you, you know? And it's like, I, I, I can see how that application could really matter and make a difference and make experiences feel a little bit more dynamic. Mm-hmm. And that's exciting, you know? Yeah, it's, like it's the me, first that's like a real, real game changer. Yes, it's, it's the first real kind of new uh, controller like f- thing, apart from the touchpad on the last generation, which I don't think any real games took advantage of. Um, it's the it's the first new thing we've had probably since Motion. Yeah, 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 and um, like gyro. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean by Motion gyro. Yeah. So how have you found uh, battery life? So obviously both consoles are a little bit different with with how they manage the controllers. So Xbox is still using AA, slot them in, which has its pros and cons. And Sony have continued with the built-in rechargeable battery, but this time it's USB-C. Um, but I've, I've heard mixed reports that the battery life isn't that long when you're playing something like uh, Astro's Playroom, which is taking advantage of every feature of the controller. Yeah, so <clears throat> I I only got my PlayStation today, right? And you know, I've I've been playing it basically all day uh since about 11. It's now 7 p.m. So several hours and when we were doing our stream, uh I noticed that the battery looked like it had gotten down to one bar, which that's after a day full of, you know, I played about 2 no, probably not. Not there's only two hours of Astro. So say say maybe I played thirty to f- there, there can't thirty to two 40 hours of Astro because you played like forty minutes of it on the stream. So I probably okay. So I probably played like twenty minutes, twenty ish, thirty ish minutes of Astro, and then played Miles for a few hours after that, and then we were jumping around between a bunch of games, right? So like. During all that, I got down to about one bar, and I don't know that it came fully charged, you know? Probably but, not. But um, 
it looked as though I had a full charge after playing while we were, you know, charging and playing on the stream for about, and I, you know, I don't know, maybe 30 to, to 60 minutes. So like, I'll have to see how long it takes to get totally drained now. Um, but from what I've heard, it, it seems like it's maybe a bit better than the second generation of dual senses or um, yeah. dual shocks. Sorry. Yeah, I, I've had the I've had a first generation dual shock four, and it is abysmal. It lasts for like two hours, and then it moans at yeah. me that it needs to charge. The one thing though that I've heard about the dual sense is you can't charge and play at the same time. It's either or. You can't charge and play at the same time. No, when you, it's plugged in, when you're playing, really? it's not charging. It's just powering it. Oh, then maybe I don't have a charge now on it. So I'll have to see. That's interesting. Um, I don't know. I have to imagine like it will last longer just because the the bar is just like a rim or, yeah. or uh, the light bar is just a rim around the touchpad now rather than this big piece. And like, you know, it's USB-C. So like it's definitely going to charge faster than it used to. That's just kind of a given. So I don't know. I, I'm a fan of both controllers a lot. I, I think the the advanced features of the DualSense like edge it out for me a little bit just in terms of functionality. But I I think I prefer the feeling of the Xbox Series X controller in my hand just because of how much I really like that that texture. Yeah, I love that texture and I love the asymmetric uh, sticks way better than the position on on Sony's controllers. I always I always have. Uh, the changes on the Xbox controller though are minor, uh, but they they do they are nice. There's definitely a, a a tighter curve on the top when you go for the bumpers. It's a slightly yeah. different shape, uh, and I love I, the texture like, on the triggers. I I like the texture, but I do th- like the the triggers better on the PlayStation controller in general. Really? I have. How, how do they yeah. feel? Are they the same as like DualShock 4 triggers? Um, they're like a little bit different. They're, they're very similar in shape, but I think they're a little bit wider. Okay. Do you know what they look like? They look like my What's Stadia that? controller triggers. Oh my God. The, yeah. This is the real next gen. No, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so where I, I guess you don't know where you sit. For me, I actually quite like having um, six or s- six like rechargeable batteries always charged up. Whenever my controller dies, I grab another set and chuck them straight in my controller, and I'm good to go again. Rather than having to find the cable, plug it in. But I also find the Xbox controller just lasts for ages. I've played in the last two days seven hours of Outer Worlds alone, and I've still got over half a battery according to the console. Yeah, so I mean I I think there's clear pros and cons to the whole battery thing. Like rechargeable are obviously a lot more, you know, um they're less they they're less wasteful, but it is a little con- more convenient I think to be able to just toss batteries in and I have a package of um like premium rechargeable batteries that I picked up for my uh um I forget who makes my uh oh 8-bit dough my 8-bit dough oh, controller yeah, yeah. so i have them anyway so I, i'm gonna take advantage of those once the ones that microsoft gave me run out <laughs> uh so i i do like that and i i i like that i have the ability to you know still have a rechargeable solution if i need it but i have the you know ability to just 
slap in a pair of double A's that everybody has yep. in their house. So, I mean, th- th- there's a real advantage there. Like, I-, I remember being upset at the beginning of the PS4, Xbox One generation that uh, AA was being phased out on PlayStation uh, because I knew that eventually the battery life in the controller would drain and get to the point where it lasts for two hours and all that stuff that we talked about, right? And that's why I have, like, four PlayStation controllers. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's, that, I think, is, is pretty cool. I, I I do look at that as like a bit of a bit of an advantage, not one that is like necessarily like oh like haha you know but oh yeah no way and and uh, uh, you can if you want buy the play and charge kit which is like a rechargeable battery that you can plug into the Xbox controller and then it right. makes it essentially like the 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 PlayStation one. Um, I think I might invest in that at some point. We'll see, especially yeah. if I can get a good deal. Before we move on to the the games that we've been playing on both consoles, I did want to double back to some of the software stuff. Like um, you mentioned Quick Resume. I'd love to know what your experience is with that. Have you like noticed the auto HDR stuff? Um, I know you said you use the Xbox and the PlayStation apps and like the activity cards and stuff, stuff that's like exclusive to the PlayStation, like the activity cards, those like... Um, walkthrough videos that they they offer if you're a playstation plus subscriber have you used any of that stuff i haven't taken advantage of any of that stuff just because honestly i'm not super interested in it like i don't feel like i need help in miles morales i just want to play the game and and you know figure this stuff out so i haven't really like bothered to dip into that any of that stuff yet i'm sure i'll i'll brush up against it in the near future but the fact that like it hasn't gotten in my way uh is the thing that's most important to me is like those features, if people want to take advantage of them, that's fine, but they're not really things that speak to me in general. So like, I'm glad that I can say that, oh yeah, I haven't really thought about that. Yeah, and that's, maybe that's, that's exactly what I wanted to hear because I don't think I'd ever use any of them. I don't, I'm not the kind of person that opens a game and goes, oh, what achievements can I get? Or oh, what trophies can I get? And I go look and I try and figure out how I'm going to get them. So I know I'm not going to be the kind of person that looks and sees what activities are available and see if I can switch to any specific activities and stuff. Right. Uh, as, as far as Quick Resume goes, uh, I'm, I'm loving it. Like I said, uh, I, the game I've been playing on my Xbox by myself is Tell Me Why from Don't Nod, which, you know, we'll t- again, we're going to talk about what games we've been playing in a minute. Um, but I was like jumping around to show, you know, my, my friend uh, just what the thing could do. And, you know, like, let's jump into a few games here or there and like just see how they run and see how everything looks. So the fact that I could do that in seconds, you know, is like in and of itself something that it was cool enough to show off of like, look how fast it is. So I uh, I really appreciate that. And, you know, as somebody who does sometimes jump between a few games, you know, of like, ah, oh, more in the mood for this right now than this. Like, it's it's really nice to not feel like I'm going to be penalized for that. You know, if I am in the mood for, you know, a little bit of this story driven, tell me why. And then like, ah, oh, you know, I need a break from that. I want to just play a game game. You know, I can hop right into whatever other thing I had suspended, you know. So that's super cool. And then, like, again, you know, I know uh, Sarah was interested in trying out um, the Ori games, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, so, like, if she wants to be able to jump in and play that, you know, like, I'm not going to have my progress interrupted, you know, from whatever games I'm playing. So it, it's it's super cool, and I think it's something that 
a lot like the load times and, you know, a, a lot of these other things that we're talking about, they're, they're big quality of life things more so than anything. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, quick resume is fantastic. I would say it's it's at the point where it for me it's irritating when a game doesn't support it. So the the game I've been playing most, which again we'll get onto, is out the Outer Worlds, and that at the moment hasn't been optimized for Series X or Series S, but it also doesn't support quick resume. Microsoft has disabled quick resume for that title, presumably because it's caused some issues. Um, so I definitely miss it. But having said that, the game loads so quickly anyway that it's not it's a kind of a non-issue. I have really appreciated the auto HDR feature though, and the fact that you can configure it once in the console settings. Like you go in, you configure your TV, you make sure HDR looks perfect, and then it works across any game that supports auto HDR and it just looks fantastic. Rather than having to the pre in the previous generation, um go into every single game and make sure that the HDR setting was right before you went and played the game or the image would look washed out or it was too dark or too bright or whatever. It's one place to do it. And I hope that all Series X and Series S titles going forward tap into the the global setting for the console rather than having their own individual things. I noticed um, there was an option to do that with subtitles too, to just default have subtitles on in every game, which is something that like I always have to turn on right away. Yeah. Um, so like that's super nice. Like I, I like I, I it really feels like the name of the game is just quality of life. Like how can we make gaming as seamless and as convenient as possible with these updates? And that's as somebody who plays games every day, like that's wonderful, you know, and it makes me so much it makes me feel so much more uh, able to just play the way I want to play without worrying about wasting time. Yeah, definitely. That setting, though, reminds me of, do you remember in the Xbox 360 era, they at the Xbox 360 had a setting in globally in the console to invert the Y-axis if you wanted to, and it would default it against it across every game. So you That's didn't awesome. have to go through the, the whole option. And it's disappeared. It's never, ever come back. Rest in peace. All right, so let's talk about what we've been playing. Um, you, you've already mentioned Outer Worlds like four times, so that's it's Beetlejuiced. You, you talk about it now. Do you have anything it, else to say? <laughs> it, it's incredible. I, I'm so, so upset with myself that I waited this long to play it. But then on the other hand, I'm so, so happy I waited to play it on a console where the load times are great. It runs at a consistent frame rate. It is so vibrant and gorgeous. Uh, I, I love this game. It's hilarious. I play basically as a dickhead. Every single t- person I talk to, I'm just like an absolute <laughs> asshole to them. And it's hilarious. Um, it feels like a proper role play game, which I think Fallout 4 kind of lost because it added a, a voice onto the characters. You can never really play it as you. Um, so I really like that. But it definitely feels like Obsidian have just taken the Bethesda uh, the Bethesda recipe for a, for an RPG and used it. And I'm really happy about it because they've made something so great. <laughs> so I'm definitely persisting with it. I'm gonna I'm gonna finish this one. Uh, I'm I'm looking I'm looking forward to the Xbox Series X update though, which should hopefully add ray tracing and uh, 60 frame per second mode. So uh, I'm hoping that 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 isn't too long, and I don't finish the game before that comes out. Yeah, I I think that's a game I I, I talked a lot about when I you know, was playing it. So I won't harp on it too much, but I really enjoyed it. And I 
it's a game I really would love to play again because, like you said, it's a true role playing game, and I role played my character as like you know this uh, anti corporate scientist you know type, and um, I I kind of want to like do you know like a run like what you're talking about where I'm just like a dick or where I just like you know I fight <laughs> everybody instead of talking my way out of situations yeah, yeah. or you know like anytime somebody threatens me I just kill them and see what happens you know and like just kind of raise hell you know and. That's what I'm playing as. I'm like a lone ranger. I'm in it for the cash only. If there's no cash involved, I'm not going to help you out. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I, uh, I'm looking forward to to taking advantage of, of game pass and getting to like play a lot of old games again that like, you know, I, maybe I won't finish, but I've been wanting to play another time and, you know, getting them with all these quality of life upgrades and no load times and, you know, um, just a better experience overall is a real incentive, obviously, to, to give some of these games a second look, especially when there's downtime. So you mentioned Tell Me Why, which I know you've been really excited about because you mentioned it a few weeks, like a few weeks on on the trot, um, which I think is the the kind of the next game from the same studio behind the the one you have a tattoo of but like the name's yeah. lost on me life is strange you life got it life is strange uh yeah yeah <laughs> it's uh, it's from don't not and it's it's that same um that's I, I don't know if it's the entirety of that same team but i believe that it's some of the same uh creative leads and uh it's definitely got that same flavor to it you know it's it's um you know the the choose your own adventure dialogue driven you know kind of gameplay with like a you know a slight supernatural twist so it's yeah. it's uh very much got that same kind of dna that makes life is strange work and um i don't want to i don't want to talk too much about it because it is so much about the story and i really think that you should go into it um blind and just play it but i also know that if you haven't played Life is Strange or if maybe Life is Strange wasn't for you, um, there's a chance that, you know, it might not it might not strike a chord with you. So, like, I, I do kind of want to tease it a little bit. Um, the the entire premise is basically that there are these twins um, who have been separated because uh, there was an incident involving their their mother's death. And one of them was sent away um, for for a period of time. And then now they're being reunited after this long period of time to pack up the home that they grew up in. And, you know, they kind of have a, a supernatural experience there while they're trying to get to the bottom of, like, what happened with their mother's death. And, you know, um, it, it, it's a lot about memory and, like, how especially things that you experience as a child, you don't necessarily have the entire story and like you've believed this whole thing, you're one, you know, uh, this whole story your whole life. And you know, that there are, there are different angles to it that you might not be aware of. And, and even that two twins who experience the same thing could remember things differently because of the emotions that they have um, placed on those events or the people involved and, and you know, this and that. So there's a, a lot of really cool, gameplay applications of that you know but it, it's it's definitely just one of those kind of kinds of like story driven emotional like you know let's let's dig in and make you feel some things kind of game um which i definitely appreciate and it's that's you know that's that this team knows how to do that well right obviously i'm a big fan of of their previous work so this this feels like in the same way that um 
you know, I talk about how like I really liked Dragon Age and Mass Effect, but like they're very different, but they have like that same kind of like structural core, you know, like they, they have that same special sauce. Like that's what this feels like. All of those are on Game Pass as well. I might have to check out some Dragon Age. Yeah, you should definitely check out Tell Me Why though. because uh, it's it's short too. You know, like it's it's, it's a not is it not thing. episodic? Oh, it is episodic. It is. Yeah. There's three episodes. Are they and all, out all out now? Okay. Yeah, they they only they came out like week to week um on Game Pass. So they were if you played it, you know, you, you could have gotten it done in the three weeks where it came out. But it's definitely not short. Like I I've put a good number of hours into it and I'm not totally done. I started the third episode, but I'm not completed with it yet. Um, but it's really good. And it's, it's, uh, it's one of the only games that I've played where one of the, um, one of the protagonists is trans and like, there aren't a lot of games that, you know, even give you that option, let alone that I think like handle, um, handle that, the representation of a trans character well, you know, to the point where, it actually feels uh, authentic. And I think that one of the things that I, I praised uh, Don't Nod for in the past is like how, how I think they do a good job of, of like really trying to get into a character's shoes and, you know, have experiences that like speak to their, you know, their identity in that way feel like realistic versus just like, you know, um, like checking a box or feeling like tropey or something like that, you know? So I, yeah. I appreciate that. And it, it, uh, it's, it's definitely territory for me, for someone who's been playing games as long as I have and like seeking out experiences that, you know, um, are different. Like it feels fresh in that way, you know? So, and I, I dig that about it for sure. So I, I, I am into it across the board. I really highly recommend it. It's uh it's a game I'm really looking forward to finishing. All right, so you've also you were talking a bit about Tetris Effect on uh, on both Twitter and then on our stream. You said that it, it's a, a game of the year contender for yeah, you. Yeah, definitely. This is, I think, the best launch title across all consoles. <laughs> what a take! What a fucking take! It's so good. It honestly, it is such a good game, and um, I'm sad I missed this when it came to VR and and PlayStation Four. Uh, but I'm glad I've got this enhanced version with multiplayer, which it's it's honestly so good. If you like Tetris and you like, um, it's not really a rhythm game, but you like rhythm games, you like music and you like playing games with to the beat, check out Tetris Effect. Honestly, it's insane when the music like when the music drops and like the speed goes up to twelve, and yeah, they're like fucking freaking out because the the tetronomos are like coming down the screen at crazy speed, and then all of a sudden, like the music calms down again, and it's like all chill. And every single level and every single piece of music has a theme. It's so visual. Uh, it's um, the like the lighting is so impactful. It's honestly such a good game. I, I highly recommend it. Um, and this is one of the only Series X optimized games I've played. So this, uh, Planet Coaster and Forza Horizon 4 are all marked as Series X optimized. Um, Planet Coaster is also another launch title. Uh, I've only just finished the tutorial on it, but this is one I think I'm probably going to go get a keyboard and mouse to play or just download it on a PC. Um, Because I think it's on Game Pass for PC as well. Um, But Forza 4 looks fantastic. Like, incredibly beautiful. Um, And 4K, 60 frames a second. 
runs runs great, really really great. Um, and I'll just quickly rattle off the other three that I've played briefly. Um, sure. I, I picked up Geometry Wars. Uh, well, I, I already <laughs> owned it. Classic Xbox title. Classic Xbox title. Now in HDR. Uh, looks great. Highly recommend it. Uh, I, I, this was like a, an Xbox 360 launch title for the Xbox Arcade. Uh, and it, it still works. Like everyone so. had it for free, right? I think so. Yeah, it was. it's so good. You may already have it if you got it on the Xbox 360. You may already have it. If not, it's like three quid to buy. Um, I played a little bit of GTA V, and then I got frustrated when Macaulay said when I was flying a helicopter, <laughs> if, I, <laughs> if I press Y, it'll go faster. And I just fell out of the helicopter, and I was livid. I was not happy at all. <laughs> Dude, I saw you tweet about that, and I, I, I cracked up. <laughs> That's so funny. What an excellent prank. Oh, Macaulay thought it was the most hilarious thing ever. They were there just like cackling away on the sofa. The most evil laugh. Yeah, I mean, that's hilarious. That's so funny. And then the the final game I've been playing is Grounded. So this is the new game from Obsidian. It's currently in game preview on Xbox. Plays great. The concept is you're a little person, like you've been shrunk down. Think Hunting and Shrunk the Kids, and you're out in the garden, and you have to... It's a survival game. I had no idea it was a survival game when I first went oh, into you it. Did? Yeah. No, no idea what it was. I just was like, oh, I love this idea as a concept. And I, and then you like have to craft things, so you like pick up... Um, little sprigs of like grass and you you make you like do that up with a tiny little stone and you make a spear and then you have to attack these giant ants but the thing i loved <laughs> the most the first time you boot the game up it comes up with this huge warning that is like this game displays giant spiders if you are scared of spiders there is a hide arachnid setting in the settings menu god you go bless in, them you can go in the settings and you can change the like level of spider that you're okay with and you can like undo the like they they hide it and you can click the button to show the preview i haven't seen a spider yet but fuck me it's terrifying it's this giant enormous yellow thing with no nope, beady red no. eyes but you I'm can turn that it off. off you can turn it off it's, God. It's so good. that's so scary i don't want to deal with that at all but it's a really yep. really fun game I, I could imagine if you get a, a crew of like three friends it'll be great and there's a character in there called uh pete and there's a character in there called max so you know you and max have to like team up and you know yo. I'll, I'll be yo, one of the we, other characters yo. We should stream it. Yeah, we should get yeah three of us. Maybe get one other person on there. That'd be fun. Um, yeah, I really wanted to check that one out. What else have you been playing on on your Xbox? Like, you've got a few on the list, and then we can uh, go on to PS Five. Yeah. So aside from tell me why, uh, I I kicked on the Master Chief Collection in Doom Eternal a little bit. Just um, like I said, when I had a friend over who wanted to check it out. So I wanted to kind of put it through its paces, you know? So I figured Halo 4 was a good way to show, like, what it looked like with, like, a slightly older game. Uh, and then Doom Eternal was really just like, all right, let's turn this shit up to 11 and, like, really go into a crazy high energy, you know, 60 FPS uh, shooter. And, man, it looks so good. And it just purrs. Like, it shoots through the loading screens, like, and it... I can't believe that I just get that for free on Game Pass. I really do. I can't. Like, I'm so excited to play it a little bit more. And, like, I don't think I'll finish it. You know, I didn't finish Doom 2016. But it's a game I really wanted to try. 
And the yeah. fact that I can just do that and if it clicks, it clicks. If it doesn't, it doesn't. It's just, man, like what an amazing, like between Game Pass and, you know, quicker zoom and everything, like it's so, there's just no pressure. To, like you can just try whatever you want to try and what speaks to you speaks to you. And if it doesn't, there's about a hundred other games that might. And it's, it's I know amazing. it's great. It reminds me of the days of free trials or demo discs. It's like, that's what we've been missing. But if you like it, you get to just play the whole thing, which is even, it, that's insane. Yeah. Like, you know, like I'm playing Tell Me Why, which is a game I would have paid, you know, what, $30 or $40 for or whatever, um, just for a thing I already paid for. You know, like I'm set until two years from now. That's amazing. Yeah, it's mad. The one thing that Doom Eternal, when I downloaded it, highlighted for me and made me appreciate the Xbox even more is that they split out all of the modes into separate install yes. packages. So you can just, like, if you only want to play the campaign, you can just, like, keep that bit and you can bin off the multiplayer. If you just want to play the multiplayer you and you're done with the campaign, you can offload that and save the space on your internal drive, which, as we know, is going to get eaten up pretty quickly. Yeah, it's a really, really nice feature. Um Thanks for calling that out. Yeah, that's a great, great. And again, amazing quality of life. Like, let's just make things easy. Love it. Uh, so then over on the PlayStation side of things, um, I'll talk about the games that like I just barely touched on, you know, from our, our stream earlier today first. Uh, and then we can really dig on in on the Spider-Man side of things. Um, we booted up Bug Snacks for a few minutes and we were Terrifying. just kind of skipping around. <laughs> We were skipping around through the story just to show off the gameplay a little bit. And it was A, very creepy. Uh, <laughs> B, the, the the chat, the stream, they, they did not like it. Everybody was haunted by this game and they were ready to get the hell out of Dodge. So uh, I'm going to play it later when I'm like through with Spider-Man and, and Astro and I'm looking for something else. Like I have it for free because of, you know, PS plus. So, uh, I'm definitely going to try it, which is, I think cool because otherwise I definitely don't think I would have. Uh, cause for whatever reason, like, I don't know, this game just, it, it, it feels off to me from, from the beginning, like something about right. it, it. It makes me uh, uncomfortable. Everyone's like everyone that I don't know seems to be so hype about it. And then us and everyone on the stream was just like, what is no. this? Why is this a this, thing? The, the whole Lupots community is like freaked out by Bug Snacks. <laughs> we're not about it for whatever reason. Oh, weird but I'm creatures that weird, weird creatures that look like beef burgers or are walking around with French fries for legs and you're shooting them with tomato <laughs> ketchup that you pulled off a plant. It's just bizarre. I don't it's get very, it. <laughs> it's very bizarre. That's the right way to put it. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm looking forward to playing a little bit more of it and and coming and back to you guys with like maybe when it. maybe when you're drunk or like totally stoned this is like the perfect game and you're just there with your friends and you're just like all maybe. howling at the screen because you're like ha 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 look it's a walking strawberry <laughs> I, don't I don't know, know. <laughs> i'll find out i'm gonna find out though uh we talked a little bit about astro's playroom already i don't really have too much more to say about it in terms of like how it controls and everything like the, the way it shows off the controller is the real highlight. Other than that, it's really just a tight 3d platformer and it, it feels really great. And I think that they really have a, a cool franchise on their hands with Astrobot. I think the Astrobots are really cute. And I think that that team, uh, team Asobi, shout out to them. Uh, 
Didn't know that our own Asobi had his own development studio, but, you know, uh, congratulations, <laughs> buddy. That's why he's uh, been quiet lately, you know, he's been busy working yeah, on this game. He's been busy working on Astro. Yeah. I think they've shown they really know how to make a game, you know? Like, Astro's, uh, Astrobot Rescue Mission was, like, one of the standout PSVR titles, and I never got to get my hands on it. But seeing this, like, it feels great. It's a real love letter to PlayStation, like, top to bottom. But it also just feels good and fun to play. Like, I think in the little bit of time I've spent with it, I know I don't have much more to do. You know, like I probably have another hour and a half max if I want to like do every single thing in it, um, which I think I will. Uh, I, I I think it's going to leave me wanting more. And when they come back with a, you know, upgrade to this that's paid or just a straight up full Astrobot game down the line, like I'm, I'm in. You know, I'm really I'm I'm into what they were putting down with this game, and I th- I found it to be really charming and really fun, and it made it took the sting out of the fact that I had to wait to play Miles Morales when I was waiting for it to download. You know, um, because it felt like a good way to open up your console. Honestly, like I think even if you want to play Spider Man or, or Demon Souls or whatever, um, I think you're gonna appreciate spending a few minutes with this game, even if you don't finish it right then, just to get familiar with the controller and and what it can do and how it feels and everything because it shows it off better than anything else right now the thing that struck me most about it was how much nostalgia's in it i absolutely loved like just seeing all of the stuff and we were when we were on the stream you were just walking around that room which is weirdly called the playstation labo uh, and just like <laughs> very strange and just like demoing all the like um, capsules you'd got and you walk around and there's like um, someone doing like something with VR and there's like a Spyro character or there's a huge PlayStation 3 monolith that you've unlocked because you found a collectible throughout and you've got this artifact and the references to all the games that we saw um, there's little Astrobots like playing a PS2 with all the blue yeah. discs you know on like an old CRT an old Sony CRT that I I had in my bedroom. I love it. I absolutely love it. That it just totally speaks to me. It's the one game of everything on PlayStation that I'm most jealous that I can't play. That's so funny. It's bizarre, I know, to you, but this game looks incredible. Uh and and I would love to feel and experience that controller. I think to me that seems to be the one thing that PlayStation has that uh Microsoft is missing. Yeah, yeah. And then the, you know, the main event for me, as it were, was, of course, <laughs> Spider-Man Miles Morales. Uh, I did play a little bit of the Spider-Man um, remaster from 2018 on stream today. Uh, looks great, feels great, you know, but um, Miles Morales is really what I'm interested in putting the time into right now, of course. And uh, I'm loving it so far, you know, like, I, I think it it feels... Um, you know, it's minor improvements over the last game. Obviously, it's the same engine. It's like, you know, there are some changes to the way that Miles Combat works and everything. But in general, it's, you know, it's more of, of a game that I loved um, with some some slight improvements. Uh, but what's really standing out to me is like the story has been really good so far. You know, like it it feels like a good way of building on the world that they've already established with Spider-Man 2018 and all the DLC. But you know, carving out a new corner of it and establishing characters that you weren't familiar with, but that like feel as fleshed out as the characters I already know and making it feel um, like it's really Miles' story, not like a side story to Peter's story, 
which I think is important, you know, um, for him to, you know, not feel like, uh, like he's his protege, but he's not like the second fiddle in his own story, you know? And I think that's important. Um, so, so far that's, that's all landing for me really well. And I'm, I'm digging the score and the, the voice performance and like the way that it is, um, like directed is surprisingly good. Like the, the character anim- animations all feel so much smoother and like the, the shots and everything feel a little bit more cinematic. Like the, the cinema, um, you know, the scenes in between actual gameplay, like feel a lot sharper, you know? And, and I don't know, I, that might just be the hardware, but I think it also is just maybe that insomniac is getting a little bit better at, at doing that work in the way that like, you know, um, we've seen like Naughty Dog be able to achieve, um, which is really cool to see them as a studio feel like they're like tangibly growing in between these, um, you know, these entries. Yeah. What, what mode have you been playing the Ming? So you play performance mode on the stream for the remaster. Have you switched between fidelity and performance to kind of check out ray tracing, try 60 frames per second? I was playing um, in that mode when it first launched up because that was the default, and I, I checked it out a little bit. But I wanted to uh, just focus on performance mode because I really wanted to keep that that solid sixty FPS and like really, you know, see it um, as smooth as I could, you know. And now that I'm like opening up the map a little bit more, and like there's actually water that I can look at. Now I think is where I want to play with that a little bit because there wasn't a ton for me to really look at that was taking advantage of the ray tracing anyway. And now that I'm getting to the point where there's like the taller buildings I can go check out, you know, I want to go like see all that stuff and see how how the lighting is looking and, and all that stuff. But uh, but I think even in performance mode, it looks fantastic. Like it's 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 a clear upgrade in my mind. Yeah, the draw distance looked uh, significantly improved over footage I'd seen when we watched the when I was watching you on the stream. It seemed like there was a lot more in the city, more vehicles, more people. Very much seemed more alive over the um, the PS4 version, at least from footage I've seen. I haven't played uh, either of the games. Yeah, I I I, I can't really say because it's been a while since I've played. You know, and I don't want to like just make that comment. Um, because I'm caught up in my own hype. But what I did notice was the lighting and the draw distance and how quick things feel. And that like the 60 FPS makes the web swinging a lot smoother. And, you know, like it, it feels sharper. It feels like it has an extra step to go, you know? Um, and that, I mean, that's huge. And again, like these load times are insane. Like it feels like the, the seamlessness between I'm playing, I'm in a cutscene, I'm back to playing is it it is so much smoother you know it almost reminds me of like the god of war like it's one camera so like it you ne- you feel like you don't get out of the scene as much you know like i'm getting that sense because of how quick it is to just move you know between those two elements so That's i'm good. i'm super into it i'm going to probably finish it tomorrow <laughs> it's not that long a game is it it's not it's not a full length game it's like a um like a last legacy style yeah lost legacy uh yeah. it's like in eight to ten hours i think to do the main story and i think maybe like another two to four if i want to get the platinum so i think i'll probably be able to like finish it roll credits on it tomorrow and maybe do some cleanup and then i'm probably gonna do my uh remastered playthrough 
Yeah, I figured that would be the next one on the list. But I'll probably jump in and out of that. I don't know if I'll just hard commit to playing that whole thing in a row right then because there is other stuff I want to check out on, on the Xbox. So we'll see. Miles is the priority for now, for sure. <laughs> it's like I've got a full day off of work tomorrow that I'm just going to just sink my teeth in. <laughs> I'm meant to be working, but it's the Friday before I have a week off. So we know there's not going to be much work going on, I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's got their consoles, man. All right. So before we get out of here, let's jump into the mail pot. We got a couple questions from the fine folks in our community who've written in a number of different ways, like you can by writing into me at Pete at Lupots.com, hitting us up on the Discord, or getting on our weekly Twitter thread. Again, follow at Lupots, turn on your notifications. We don't tweet that often, so it's an easy way to get your questions right on the air. All right, so this one comes from Wakahula, who's one of our Patreon supporters, who says, I'm new to Xbox and skipped all big releases in 2019 outside of Nintendo Land. What are some of the must-play games now that I'm extremely overwhelmed in a good way by Game Pass? I'm starting with Assassin's Creed Valhalla while playing Forza Horizon 4 on the side, but also jumping between Nier and Ori. 6K super sampled. I usually like RPGs, action action adventures, excuse me, platformers, and arcade racing. So that's quite a that's quite a list of of genres that you're into. So you have a lot of options. Is the beauty with Game Pass? Um, yeah. So do you have any? I mean, first of all, I'd say every game that Steve and I talked about today, I would highly recommend, and all of them are on Game Pass. So that's a great place to start. Yeah. Like likewise, I would say, uh, depending on what type of RPG is, if it's more the the kind of traditional Zelda style uh, or like uh, Elder Scrolls. Um, neither of those, are, none of that's on, on Game Pass, unfortunately, but I know Obsidian are working on a new one called Avowed. Um, but I would recommend checking out Outer Worlds uh, or yeah. even going back and playing Fallout 4 new if Vegas. you missed that. Yeah, New Vegas is on there. Uh, it's definitely worth checking out. And those are all going to get updated. I know Fallout 4, definitely, because Microsoft has said that's going to uh, 60 frames per second mode, or it's just going to play in 60 frames per second, so that's probably worth checking out. Uh, platformers, there's stuff, I think, um, New Super Lucky's Tale is on there, which I think uh, a lot of people have, have said is is a really great 3D platformer. Uh, I can't really think of any arcade races other than Forza, but you could check out Dirt 4, and then if you're into that, check out Dirt 5, which is um, an Xbox Series X game game um and yeah i i uh, i guess the games that that you've mentioned um as well like halo and and doom are great shooters i know they're not on your list but fantastic so, I mean, fun games i think with rpgs like you have some of my favorite games of all time are available there that i've recommended you know in a number of places but uh You've got access to all of the Mass Effect titles, which maybe you wait until next year when the remaster comes. But Dragon Age Origins, Dragon Age 2, uh, two games I really love. Inquisition, I think, is good if you mainline it and don't do all the bu- like the side bullshit that's not fun or relevant. Um, oh, you know what's see. on there? Jedi, Jedi Fallen Order is on there. That's, that's a great. huge I game. That's worth checking out. Uh, Arkham Knight is the least good of that series, a- but it's still pretty solid. I'm installing that right now. I haven't played it. Uh, you said you liked platformers. Celeste is phenomenal. Great game. You want to give that one a shot. Um, you said that you like RPGs. Crosscode, uh, we've talked about a bit 
on here. Steve was a fan. I'm, I'm looking to play that at some point. Uh, that's another one that you could check out. Uh, what else we got here? Dishonored 2, one of my favorite games ever. Uh, I would highly recommend playing Dishonored 1 if you haven't already. And that's, um, of course, backwards compatible. Um, you'll, be, you'll, you'll be able to play that on your Series X. So pick that up for cheap and then play our uh, Dishonored 2 on uh, on Game Pass. Um, what else we got? Hmm. I mean, that's already a ton of games, but yeah, you've got Guacamelee Two, which is another platformer. A uh, ton of ton of love for that one. Not one that I've checked out myself, but probably uh, probably worth checking out. Uh, moving out, it's a great couch co op game. Yeah, man, you got you got tons of good stuff on here. Uh, Oxenfree is a game that I really liked. Piku Niku is a game that Steve really oh, liked. Oh, you know, Those there's all available. the there's all the Fable games that are backwards compatible as well. Oh yeah, the uh, Fable the um anniversary the Lost chapters. Mm. Yeah, the anniversary edition. That's like that's like the best version of that game. That's for free. That's on my list for sure. Um, yeah. So I mean, I think between all of those, that should keep you busy for quite some time. Of course, you've also got stuff like The Witcher Three. Like there's there's plenty of uh, big meaty games that you could jump into and keep busy with. Kingdom Hearts is on there as well. That is true. I you know, if you want a lesson in masochism, fall in love with Kingdom Hearts and then <laughs> bash your head into a wall because it's insane. Uh, the sex one comes from Left Eye Lazy, one of our patrons. Oh no, sorry about that. I don't. What what is the seven fifty alarm set? For? That's very strange. I don't know what's up, but it's telling me it's time to game. Uh, Left Eye Lazy, another one of our Patreon supporters, said, do you recommend a television upgrade with your experience so far? And has your experience make you feel like you've gotten your money's worth? Is the $300 to $500 transition to the next gen worth it during a pandemic? So uh, I think for the first one, I would say absolutely. If you don't have a 4K TV that's HDR capable, um, you're not really getting 100% of what these consoles are capable of. And it looks amazing. I think it depends where you're coming from because I'm I've got a 4K TV that has HDR, but I want a TV upgrade. Me that too. I don't I don't think is at the level where I can justify and is is necessarily worth it. You know, I want one that does um, 4K, 120 hertz, has free yep. sync, does all that stuff. But you don't necessarily need that. And I think uh, even a even a basic 4K TV with with HDR support. Get one as as bright as you can get. Um, for HDR, you really want something six to thousand nits. Mine's a little bit too dim, which is annoying. Um, but for the second question, uh, well, I would say yeah, I feel like I've got my money's worth. But for the second question, is a three hundred five hundred dollar transition worth it during a pandemic? If you cannot afford it. Do not buy it. There's no reason to buy these consoles at the moment. You can play all of the games we mentioned on the previous generation. You can play Miles Morales on your PS4 if you've already got that. You can play Outer Worlds, Planet Coaster, Tetris Effect on your Xbox One if you've got one of those. Like, Don't stretch yourself if you can't afford it at the moment. Um, and, and do not, under any circumstances, give a scalper any money just wait and buy it when a retailer is, is has them back on sale. Yeah, completely agree with everything Steve said there. Like, I do I feel like I got my my money's worth? Yes. Do I feel like the transition was worth it for what I spent? Absolutely. Because to me, 
I have that expendable income and I wanted to spend it on these consoles. I wanted to have them. I wanted to be able to talk about them on my podcasts. But more than that, you know, I play video games every day. It's my main hobby and source of relaxation. So, you know, to me, not having to sit there for a minute, a minute and a half, two minutes for for load screens makes a huge difference. That's time I'm getting back that I can spend playing games rather than sitting and and opening up Twitter and, you know, or or finding a reason to get distracted while I'm waiting for this game I'm trying to play and enjoy in the limited amount of time I have to enjoy it. So those things are all absolutely worth that money for me, let alone the fact that, like, with Game Pass, I feel like I have, you know, this incredibly, you know, uh, diverse and large library that I can take advantage of whenever the mood strikes, you know, and the fact that like I wasn't taking as much advantage of that as I could on my PC because I just don't like to play on my PC after working on it for eight hours a day. Um, those are those are expenditures that like I'm glad I made, you know, I'm already enjoying the hell out of them. And it's it's given me something fun to focus my energy on, um, you know, with everything going on in the real world, which is shit. But to Steve's point, uh, if if you don't have that money, like if, if that's going to be putting yourself in credit card debt, if that's going to be, uh, you know, money that you should be saving for for an emergency or something like that you know, then absolutely don't do that. You know, you should never do that. It's a video game console is never worth that. If it's, if it's, you know, um, you really, really taking a hit on it. Uh, but in terms of just like, is there that must play, you know, experience that warrants you getting the console today? I don't think that moment is going to come until 2021, you know, and maybe a little bit longer. I think it's going to be a little bit longer because, even even Horizon 2 is coming to PS4 and they've committed to that. And we know now that they've revealed that that's the latter half of 2021 that they're aiming that game for. So I, I do think it's probably going to be 2022 that you're looking for both of these consoles to get the, oh, wow, I need to upgrade to get that game because I can't play on the current generation. And by then, we may even have seen a price drop. We may have seen the first revision. Sony seems to do their first revision at, in the first two years. I got one of the first revision units of the PS4, which removed the the touch buttons and made them physical buttons. Mm. Um, so, you, so you never know. Uh, but I think the real thing that I, I'm sure has come across over the, over the course of this episode is I don't think that's what this generation is about yet. And I don't know if it, it will ever be about that one game you need to have the new hardware to play is very much a case of this is a nicer way to play games. In the same way that when you upgrade a graphics card in your PC, the games suddenly look nicer, or you switched from a hard drive to an SSD in your PC, the games loaded faster. It's like you've done all of those things at once to a PS4 or an Xbox One, and then you've got just a quality of life improvement. There's no new games yet. At least, well, there's one. a few new games. So there's like Demon Souls, yeah. Yeah, that we Demon can, Souls that we can is, is a true PlayStation Five exclusive, and I think yeah. we'll see more of those next year, right? I, I do too, yeah. But how much that matters, you know, depends on 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 you, really. You know, like I, I'm the kind of person where I, even if there weren't uh, big exclusives coming, and if they told me there were no PS5 or Xbox Series X exclusive games until 2022, I wouldn't. I still wouldn't feel like I wasted my money. 
because oh no, I I feel like I've I've got my money's worth already just having saved time, and I still I don't know if you do, but I still have the habit of like I go to fast travel somewhere, or I go to boot a game up, or I go to like um, transition from one area to another, and I go to I go to reach my phone to to scroll through Twitter and look at absolutely nothing while the while That's the game's loading. And I'm not do doing it. that anymore. I'm <laughs> not doing do it. it anymore. And I'm so happy about that because I hate that. You know, like I, I want to just experience the experience and commit to playing the game, you know, in the way that like I do when I watch a movie or something, you know, like I'm not pausing it to look at Twitter, you know, and like I, I'm really glad that I'm not doing that as much because it's so lightning quick. And to yeah. me, that's worth every penny, let alone the fact that. I want to play Miles Morales the best way that I can play it, let alone that I'm really excited that my cyberpunk, you know, experience is going to be 4K 60 FPS, ideally. Right. Like those are 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 those to me are worth that that upgrade anyway, let alone the fact that there's exclusive uh, software on the way that I know will be worth the investment I made. Right. Because when I invested in my PlayStation 4 um, in 2013, right. I bought it with the promise of what was going to be coming more so than what I was getting there at day one. That's just how it works. Like, yeah, I could have played Dragon Age Inquisition on my Xbox 360, but I didn't have to because I had a new console and I was excited about it. So, you know, I think if you want it, if you have the means, by all means, it's I think it's worth it to jump in. I really do. Um, but if you're worried that you're going to be like missing out, your PlayStation 4, your Xbox One that you already have, they're going to last you at least until next holiday season, I think. So yeah, you've got absolutely. time to start saving that money up now and not make it be a hit. So great question. Thank you for that. All right. So these next couple come from Twitter. Uh, <laughs> I, I retweeted by the thread about trying to get questions for this. And I said, what do you want to know? for me on this this wonderful day when I have both of these consoles. And Hardo wrote in and said, how are you today? I'm doing great. You know, no work. <laughs> Got my PlayStation set up, playing Miles Morales. I did a little stream with my buddy Steve here. It's been a good day. It's been a good day. So I'm I'm looking forward to uh, to getting back to it and then enjoying my day all day tomorrow to just sit and play Miles Morales. And uh, I'm chilling. It's going to be good. Good weekend. Yeah, sounds like it. Uh, this one comes from Zade, uh, another one of our Patreon supporters. says, can you emphasize how big the PS5 is? Oh, it's big. It's real big. Uh, we, ne- we never spoke about the size of the console, because for me, I thought the Xbox was smaller than I expected it to be. The Xbox was a little smaller than I expected it to be. The PS5 was a little bigger than I expected it to be. Wow, okay, it's huge then. (laughs) It's big. I was going to just pull it to show you, but it's so big and obtuse that I don't want to, like, go through the process of pulling it out and showing it to you on camera. (laughs) Yeah, but see, everyone watching on video would want to see it. They would. In comparison to you. The but problem is you, you really can't get context of what these are like until you, you have them. Yeah. Like the Xbox was a lot heavier and denser and and thick, uh, but it seemed smaller than I expected it to be. All right. This next question comes from Afi, another one of our Patreon supporters, who says, what would you say is missing from each console? Like a feature that should be there, but isn't. 
PS5 needs quick resume and Xbox Series X needs uh, haptic rumble. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's really it for me so far. Um, I'll probably have more thoughts on that as I spend time, more time with both of them. But that seems to be the biggest deciding factor for me right now. And both. And this last one comes from Eddie Figuerella, who says, what has been the best feature so far that you've used on either console? I think on Xbox, it's quick resume uh, with combined with Game Pass. It's fucking insane. It's like, yeah. it's the best deal in gaming. And the experience of the OS on, on Xbox, while maybe not different for those of you who had an Xbox One, I think Microsoft has always had the superior OS. So like all those things combined make for just a really, really nice, smooth, easy time with it. And I'm super excited to be getting back into this ecosystem after so long away from it. Yeah, I agree with you. I would also add in um, Auto HDR to that. Mine's probably Quick Resume number one, Auto HDR number two. It's great. It just works. And I really didn't expect it to. And being able to configure that once, as I said, in the settings and it just being configured across every game, it's a godsend. I hope that that is the future. What about PlayStation 5? What's the best feature you've used on that? Would you just say speed? SSD. Yeah, or, or I guess the controller. Yeah, yeah the but controller, I mean, I, yeah. the speed of the SSD and how smooth it makes, how quick it makes loads, how smooth it makes games, but combined with how nice the dual sense is and like what a what a premium, uh, new feature. I think the the haptic feedback really is. That's that's a big deal. It really is. It's special, and I'm excited to see what the applications of it are uh, long term. You know, because what I've seen has been impressive. And if people commit to using it and engaging with it, I think it's really going to be something that uh, could be a deciding factor for a lot of people on where you play your third party games is what yeah. kind of support it sees. I mean, it does see, does seem like third parties are supporting it. It seems like the, the new Devil May Cry has some um, haptic rumble stuff in there. But again, I don't know how as the generation progresses. The problem is with a feature that's only exclusive to one console, like that touchpad, it's really, really difficult for a cross-platform game to justify the dev time to yep. integrate that touchpad or integrate Rumble or the, it's or gonna the be something resistive that, triggers. It's something Sony's going to have to make deals for. Yeah. You know, uh, because the games that are doing it now are, are like launch PS5 things that you got to imagine they were like, hey, what can you get in here? Oh yeah, same so, with the the activity cards. I could see over time in like four years' time, we look at that and it's just empty. You look, yeah, you like, open I don't, it up. I don't think anyone's gonna do those videos for game help. You yeah. know, like why why would a third party studio bother doing that? So I don't know. I I think it remains to be seen on some of those like console features. I'm not really interested or impressed by many of those. I wouldn't be surprised if we see some of them fall by the wayside or become minimized over time. Uh, but the controller, those things matter. And at least with Sony first party games, they're going to be something that are here to stay uh, in the way that like Ghost of Tsushima was like one of the first games that I feel like made really good use of the touchpad. Yeah. Um, at, to get it's extra only buttons. Took, only took seven years. But yeah. Hey, we got there though. Uh, so, I mean, that that I think is probably it. It's just the overall like 
experience of sitting down quickly getting a game on and using this this really nice controller. Um so yeah, I uh I'm I'm loving both of these consoles. I've loved my time with them so far. I'm so excited to talk about them again next week when I've spent a whole week with them as my main boxes, not these brand new toys that I've barely gotten to do anything on. Uh, so we'll definitely have more for you next time. It will not be quite so long an episode. This very special episode got very long, <laughs> very quick, but I'm not surprised. There's a lot of hype in this room. There's a lot of hype in the community. Uh, so if you are just getting your brand new consoles, please remember to write in to me at Pete at Lupots.com. Join us on the Discord or get in our weekly Twitter thread. And let us, I want to hear about your experiences. What games did you play on day one? Uh, what are your favorite features? What are the things that you want to see come to the console? Um, yeah, what are you what are you doing? What are you playing? What are you up to? Um, what was your unboxing and, and picking it up experience? Like all that stuff. We want to hear from you. So get in touch in all those ways I just mentioned. Uh, and I forgot to say this at the top, but of course, uh, the best way to show your support is to be like all the fine folks in our mail pot, all those patrons who wrote in and uh, head over to the Patreon just for just a buck. You can get access to our Patreon exclusive show after dark, which we're about to jump into right now, where we talk about everything else going on in our lives. Um, and usually that's where we talked about Sony and Xbox. Well, we talked about that here. So we'll have to find something else on that one. But, uh, of course, that is the best way to help us keep the mics on and the lights on and get yourself a little bit of extra loot pots in your feed every week. We greatly appreciate your support over there. Uh, so go check it out if you haven't. And, of course, head over to the Twitch channel next Thursday for our next stream where we'll be streaming something else on one of these beautiful next-gen boxes. So let us know what you want to see us play. We'll be happy to have you. And uh, we'll catch you next time for another episode of the podcast. <laughs>